Yeah, hello, Professor Frederick Wenz. First of all, a big thank you. It's a great honor for me to have you in this podcast series, COVID-19. I'm sitting in front of four pages of your uh, CV. I have to say, it is really impressive what you have achieved in your career. Professor Frederick Wenz is a renowned radio oncologist. You started your career in Heidelberg at the German Cancer Center at the beginning. I think it's fair to say oncology had been always very much to your scientific heart. Aside from Germany, you also worked in the USA and Texas, San Antonio, and also in uh, Chicago, Northwestern University. You achieved uh, something I couldn't. I was always considering it, but I <laughs> hopelessly failed. You achieved also successfully, you passed the American exam for medicine. And then when you moved over to the University of Mannheim, you started in radio oncology and therapy as a section lead. You grew up uh, and led then the hospital for radiotherapy and radio oncology in Mannheim. And then you decided to take over the leadership of the University Hospital in Mannheim as CEO. A good year ago, you decided to move down to Freiburg as the president and CEO of the University Hospital in Freiburg here in Germany. Tell me, how do you feel in your current role and in the current times? Well, I mean, for the longest time in my career, I was a practicing physician. And uh, as you said, from the year 2000, I had the privilege to be head of a department for almost 19 years. And the last four years, basically, I had a double appointment being the CEO of the hospital and uh, head of the Department of Radiation Oncology. Um, so after some years of this double appointment, it was clear for me that I had to decide either to go back to research and clinical work or to continue as a CEO. And I got the job opportunity at the University of Freiburg and started here in January 2019. Freiburg University is not only one of the largest universities in Germany, it's also scientifically extremely successful. And just basically last week, uh, we got three new Sonderforschungsbereiche. So the DFG, the German Science uh, Council, is heavily supporting us. And so it's scientifically and clinically very, very interesting and dynamic place here. Talking about COVID-19, which is still a very severe problem on the globe, can you give us an impression about the current situation in your university hospital and the message you have undertaken? Well, I mean, the last weeks were really extremely busy. Uh due to the location of Freiburg, very close to the border to Alsace and Switzerland, which were epidemic hotspots in Europe, uh, we were hit uh, very early and very hard by a very high number of patients. So in the peak, we had more than 100 patients at the same time in the hospital, a little bit more than 50 patients on the ventilator at the same time, a lot of ECMO patients. Uh, so we were really dressed to the max. But uh, due to good planning and our epidemiologists in the university hospital gave us very good guidance, we could plan ahead. Uh, so we have always been like 10 to 14 days ahead of the pandemic with all our planning and all our measures. And so it was a lot of stress, but we could uh, manage the, the high number of patients. So what we basically did is we, we reduced the whole hospital caseload by about 50%, outpatient, inpatient, everything was reduced by 50%, and the other 50% of the resources were uh, concentrated towards COVID patients. We had a peak uh, of the epidemic here in the hospital in the mid of April. And since then, due to the lockdown measures in Germany and due also to the cooperation of the population, the epidemic is uh, really tapering out right now. 
We are right now down to less than 10 patients that we have in the hospital with COVID-19. And we have ramped up our usual business uh, almost to about 90%. So our capacity is back to 90%. Inpatient capacity is back to 90%. In the outpatient department, we have extreme changes in all the processes in the safety and hygiene measures. We have uh, separated uh, entrances for COVID, COVID suspicion and non-COVID patients. We have uh, separate holding areas. We use a lot of, of telemedicine, of course. We use video consults for our patients. We also use video rounds. The physicians can sit in their office room and they can connect with the bedside entertainment system of the patients. And by this have, in selected cases, uh, contactless uh, rounds. And so a lot of the digitalization efforts have speeded up in the last couple of weeks. So we have implemented a lot of new things as well. Yeah, very impressive. And what is probably also very important is communication. You are more than 12,000 employees at the university. So how have you managed the communication? That was, of course, a real challenge because the town hall meetings are not possible right now. So how can you reach your employees on a frequent basis and uh, spread the news? Because information is key in a situation of crisis. Fortunately, we have changed our communication measures already some months ago. Uh, we have a regular podcast where the CEO communicates with the employees. We have a format where employees can submit questions and they are then answered on a podcast version by the CEO. And uh, we have implemented an app that's called uh, My New Uniclinic, My University Hospital uh, for our employees, where we can send out all the relevant information. We have a rapidly changing or regulatory landscape right now with lockdown measures, loosening of lockdown measures. And by push notifications, we can reach our employees and keep them up to date with all the relevant information. We as Siemens Helsinius, we also started quite early a crisis management process, a little bit like you, I take it, and had a clear foundation. We said we want to protect our employees, help the customers. It's really fast, agile help and ensure business continuity. What I find very impressive is the team spirit. And I think you have already published also similar things. The collaboration has intensified significantly, maybe also based on digital tools. But impressively enough, we could up to date, we could uh, stabilize our supply chain. We had no interruption in the supply chain. So this is also something we are very happy with. And then, of course, for us, challenge currently is also the, the testing where, you know, we are in this molecular and total antibody testing. Yeah. You personally and the University Hospital of Freiburg are well-known forerunners in digital transformation and telemedicine. I'm very happy that Siemens Helsinius has a close innovation partnership on remote scanning with your hospital since the beginning of March. One part of this innovative project is your so-called safe scanning room from which your team can access five MRs, I guess, and two CTs. What are your experiences with this solution, especially in times of COVID-19? Well, besides to inform our employees, uh, we also had to protect our employees and therefore we had to implement certain measures. We had a very fruitful collaboration with Siemens Health in years, which was ongoing for years. And so it was uh, triggered by the COVID-19 pandemic that the uh, radiology services, which are key for us in inpatient and outpatient uh, treatment, that we have to stabilize the role of radiology. As we face this very high number of cases very early in the face of the pandemic, our teams established uh, standard operation procedures for adequate imaging workflows. 
but also to safeguard our technologists in radiology who are in very close contact uh, with numerous patients over a day shift. So one idea that came up was to use remote scanning options to achieve the lowest exposition to potential anxious patients. And in collaboration with, with Siemens, our radiology team established uh, basically in, in no time a safe scanning room uh, from which uh, MR and CT scanners can be remotely controlled with less personal on-site. This control room is uh, located in a different building, but allows imaging technologists to access the scanner and perform highly specialized exams under high protection standards. Initially, we intended to reduce the number of technologies at the scanner and assure a safe working environment, but it turns out that the technology is useful also in different settings. For instance, we figured out that a highly experienced technologist can supervise a number of less experienced technologists during their training phase, or that if a question at a scanner occurs, a technologist from a different scanner can be called in for support. It is a digital method to share expertise in a highly specialized environment at a tertiary hospital. I think the pandemic has turned out to be really a catalyst for remote services, but also for robots as we are learning. And as you said, right, it helps keeping distance, ensuring outcome quality. And uh, yeah, very interesting when I talk with customers around the globe, many are using it also for home office work or even for if you are in quarantine that you can use. It's very interesting and it's clear we will pursue this strategy yeah, to be also prepared for the future and future potential pandemics. I have learned over the past few weeks how quickly a company can act when exceptional circumstances require it. So a simple uh, example is digital collaboration between the employees um, has received an enormous boost. How do you perceive this in your hospital or with your partners? Well, we installed about uh, 750 additional mobile office uh, solutions for our employees more digital, less paper, and offering them the opportunity to work from home or from wherever they are. It was very quick, and our data center reacted quickly to the requirements. A lot of the people in administration, but also physicians and scientists, use this remote working option, and obviously many of them will keep that option also for the future. It's a very valuable tool. I mean, also, for example, for our tumor boards, the molecular tumor boards, where we also connect to outside hospitals. And it's an option really to bring all the specialists together wherever they are. It really works uh, for us. Of course, as always, transparency, information and planning is, is key. But our employees really understood the background and they really adapted very, very quickly to this uh, challenging situation. And, I mean, we're, we're even more productive now with this remote connection than sitting next to each other and chatting over a cup of coffee. Yeah, it's also our experience. Uh, teamwork and collaboration has really intensified yeah. and also some impressive projects we have started and in a very agile fashion a prototype on AI-based CT, chest CT analysis for COVID-19 where we develop a prototype with a customer network. So this all in a very agile fashion because it's all about human beings and they wanted to help. This was not about business, this was really about how can we help as quickly as possible. Yeah. Professor Wenz, Freiburg is close to the three country corner, Germany, Switzerland and France, which gives you typically very warm weather. This is the beauty. How do you perceive the differences between the three countries in relation to the pandemic? What do you think about the cooperation between the three countries? And I also know that your clinic has treated COVID-19 patients from France, for example. How do you see this? 
Well, um, there has always been a close collaboration between the countries. For example, we have the uh, European University campus with Strasbourg, Mulhouse, Basel and Freiburg. Uh, we have the so-called Upper Rhine Conference, uh, especially in emergency medicine. So we have already very good communication structures and communication channels during the non-crisis situation. And of course, this helps when it comes to crisis. Uh, when you have to start to build trust in a crisis situation, it's very, very difficult. When you have already uh, good colleagues and a good exchange and common workshops and everything, it's then very easy. And so there was a very good exchange on a data uh, level, an information level, a best practice level, an SOP level. Of course, uh, we also really treated some patients from ELSAs where the uh, capacity, especially on the ventilator systems, was uh, kind of limited and kind of started uh, a situation where all the other hospitals in southwestern Germany followed us also to treat patients uh, from, from Alsace. We sent personal protective material over the Rhine to, to Alsace and there was really a lot of exchange and uh, we really want to, to continue with that. Every day we have about 20,000 people from France coming over the Rhine to work on the German side and closing down the borders was really new to us because here is a really European situation. We are now installing every effort to go back to a borderless European region. And so there's a lot of political talks right now. We get a lot of support from our local governments, but also from the governments from Audrain and Grand Est to really push the cross-border collaboration. I think you have helped a lot to establish this we feeling we definitely need in the EU, yeah, in particular in times where traditional value systems are no longer so reliable. And in addition, we need to fight a global pandemic. I think this is much appreciated by the EU, I'm very sure, yeah. There are not only patients with COVID-19, you mentioned it already, sooner or later other patients will also need treatment. How do you prepare for this? I mean, you said you are already up to 90%. This is impressive in such a short period of time. Do you feel that there is anything that will change permanently in your hospital as a consequence of COVID-19? I'm convinced that a lot will change. We call it the new normal that we live in now. And this will uh, obviously our current state until we have a vaccination. I mean, the, the virus will not go away. We have really changed uh, a lot of our procedures, even the workflows, the patient journeys uh, through the hospital. A lot has changed. And I would also expect that we will not get much above 90% of our old capacity due to the increased uh, protective measures. Uh, I mean, right now, this will stay for months. We, we treat every patient as a potential infectious patient. We treat every visitor as a potential infectious visitor. We treat every employee as being potentially infectious and therefore potentially dangerous for the patient. So everybody is wearing face masks. Uh, we use a lot of additional hygiene measures. We use distancing. We don't have our standard team councils where eight, ten people sit around a, a single desk. So a lot has changed and this new normal will stay for quite a long time. Yeah, makes very much sense. I mean, our working mode is also changing currently. Yeah? So in terms of travel, we reduce this heavily using all the tools you already mentioned. This is one topic on the demand side. It was very impressive to see the huge demand in mobile X-ray and also CT, you know, place the computer tomography device already in a container, blood gas analyzers. 
And then you see, you know, other products out of our spectrum are less demanded because of this COVID-19 utilization. So happy to hear that also the other patients are getting now treated and diagnosed. And it's impressive that you have set up all the different workflows and that you assume behind every human being it could be a potential COVID-19 patient. Talking about your experiences, experts from the University Hospital Freiburg summarized the strategy, organizational decisions and procedures, as well as the experiences and treatment results of the first, I guess, 115 COVID-19 patients and published them. Our original work very, very professionally worked on. What are your three most important findings out of this? Yeah, well, with even more patients right now, uh, what we can say is we are one of the most experienced hospitals in Germany. There are some really important key messages. It's really very, very important that you have dedicated early interdisciplinary and interprofessional teams and task forces. So we basically pull together experts from different fields, virology, epidemiology, infectious disease, radiology, uh, emergency care, and, uh, and form very early the task force directly guided by the CEO. We have a very, very strong leadership situation and then created a comprehensive and consistent communication internally and externally. And really, information is key in a situation where you have little knowledge. Every bit of information that you have, you have to share and you have to communicate, and you have to communicate what you don't know. And if you do that transparently, then you can guide an organization of 12,000 people through a hurricane without too much collateral damage. The second important aspect is the planning. Planning tools are extremely helpful for your caseload, for your bed capacity, for your ventilators, for your material, personal protective equipment, for your personnel. You need good forecasts. What we did is really we pulled together every bit of information that was available from Italy, from China, from South Korea, from countries that were ahead of us in the pandemic. And especially Italy was uh, six to eight days in the epidemic before us. And so we had daily updates of the numbers from, from Lombardy and Lodi region and put that in our AI-based planning tool in order to guide our resources and uh, to look for capacities for personals, for shifts and everything. Planning was really extremely the third aspect, that was very good to see that uh, when you stand in um, at the head of a huge organization was this surprising preparedness for interdisciplinary work, this solidarity and flexibility in our team. This was really so reassuring that no matter what hardship we had to put on our employees, everybody was willing to help. Everybody was flexible. People canceled their vacation. We had surgeons under the guidance of internal medicine consultants and things that were unthought and thinkable before were really possible. And we had such a strong team spirit here in the hospital. This was really amazing. This was, uh, I'm, I'm really proud of experiencing that. Yeah, you can be certainly. And uh, let me express my deep respect. Everybody talks about COVID-19 now. I assume this won't be the last pandemic. What is your advice? How can we better prepare for the future? Well, I think we have really to learn one thing, and that is that resilience of critical infrastructure is also very important. The classical thinking in hospital and in medicine, we think a lot in prepare, prevent and protect. So we try to avoid damage. 
we have to realize that damage, pandemics, catastrophes, they will happen. We have also to modify our organization that restore and recover after the crisis is as quickly as possible. And so we have to think beyond the crisis. We have not only to prepare to prevent the crisis, we have not only to prepare to get through the crisis, we have to prepare to restore and recover as quickly as possible. Having that thinking here in this organization, I think is also key why you're basically in the middle of May, uh, we were back to 90% of our pre-crisis capacity. I hope that some of these things will really last beyond the pandemic, but I agree. Also, we as a vendor uh, need to really put a high focus on infectious diseases in general, because it's not only a virus-based or a corona-based disease. Many other infectious diseases are well known. I think you collected already quite some experience with Ebola, which probably helped you maybe even now managing it that professionally, as you explained to us. What I find interesting is collaboration between provider, payer, patients. All this has increased and we hope that it will last. My question is, do you think you're going to be back to a normal waiting room or is also the patients and the capabilities with telemedicine reducing the waiting time or changing waiting at all for patients? Is this something where you believe it will last beyond pandemics and it will change also the way how patients are being treated and interacting with the healthcare systems? Definitely. I mean, this is one of the aspects that is provided in our patient app, that you connect the scheduling system with the app with the patient, so that the patient is really informed when to show up in the waiting room. I think it's with and without COVID. It's an expectation of the patients in the 21st century that they don't come at 8 o'clock and they see the physician at 11. They really want to be informed, you know, show up at 10.55 and at 11 you will see the physician. With all the new communication tools, with the scheduling tools and everything, it is a must for us as a healthcare provider to provide this service to our patients. We have to think more of our processes from the patient perspective. We have to think in also customer satisfaction terms. So we have to provide these services to our patients. The patients are used to these types of services in their normal life. When they enter a hospital, they don't want to go back to the Stone Age, where everything is paper and pencil based, where waiting, crowding is the standard. Patients expect differently, and we should provide differently. Please allow me a maybe more personal question. How are you and how is this current situation affecting your personal life? Are you working most of the time from home office uh, like I do? Or what is changing in your private environment based on this pandemic? This is a completely different situation. I'm more in the office than before. Of course, a lot of travel and business trips is canceled right now. And we use, of course, the, the video conferencing system, which also saves some travel time. But being part of the critical infrastructure, I really was in the office every day. We had basically our war room where we met with our crisis team. So it was a lot of work here. Yeah, for us, it's a little bit the other way around. Of course, our colleagues from manufacturing, they need to be on site, but we have also separated shifts. I'll try to avoid that they come together. And for us, it's pretty much homework proven to be very productive. And I have to say, I come together even with more customers than beforehand, because it's no longer this, I can meet this customer only in one or two months because I need a, to book a flight for this. But needless to say, I would love to meet you in person as well, because it's all about human beings. And I at least feel that, uh, you know, sometimes it's good to meet really human beings and to exchange face to face. 
I think we need to come to an end. Let's say as a final word, could you mention two aspects that are most important to you? What is important to know for the audience? Well, I think we touched uh, most of the important things. But I think, again, it's really important that in times of crisis, communication is really the key. Communication guides, brings your team together, and without communication, nothing works. That's the one thing. And teamwork, flexibility, solidarity is the second thing. And as I always say, uh, during crisis, during car driving, you see the real character of a person. You are really fortunate here to see a lot of people grow during the crisis, acquiring competences, doing tasks, performing patient-centered medicine. So uh, as I said before, I'm, I'm really proud what the team here at the University Hospital of Freiburg did for the population and for the patients over the last three months, basically. I mean, what I'm taking from this very exciting and inspiring talk is human beings matter most. A proper crisis management, as you demonstrated it to us throughout the last minutes, very impressive. And then secondly, and I think one of your domains as well, is digitalization is going forward now and is changing healthcare faster than we thought before the pandemic. And I think also for the better of the healthcare systems at the end. Professor Frederick Wenz, I would like to thank you very much for your time and for being available and sharing your experience in these severe times. I can only congratulate as the president of the University Hospital of Freiburg for a very professional crisis management and can thank to all employees of the University of Freiburg for being in the front line and working so hard and so professional for the interest of the patients. Thank you very much. Thank you. It was a pleasure to talk to you.